0: another edition of the Copcast podcast we're going to bring you a different type of podcast tonight one where we will be discussing a liverpool victory 2-0 away to suffrage ended, and just to apply the caveat to everything that we're going to say from this point on potentially the worst team that has ever played in the premier league but three points is three points no matter who they come up against and um with with Pretty much everyone above us, dropping points bar the runaway leaders, um, there's no better time to get them. So, to talk about the game and try and look at where we go from here, um, beginning with Chelsea, I have Andy Bell in Liverpool. Andy, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I not see bad at all. Um, bit of a weird uh, day in that I went into it wanting Manchester United to win as well as Liverpool to win. <laughs> but so, <laughs> That's just the way the season's gone. Uh, when you said that one of the worst teams that the Premier League's ever seen, I was very tempted to butt in and say, but Sheffield United were quite poor as well. But I was <laughs> <tricking myself. laughs> Would have been funny, though. Um, missed a boat in that one. You did. Um,
0: also then, in Liverpool, I've got uh, Jay Reid. Jay, I'm a bit happier today. Work will not be such a traumatic
2: experience this week, I presume. No, and the is open the first time for nine weeks. I'm having a beer. Outstanding. <laughs> that's, so, that's the source of occasion we've reached tonight.
0: Good. Well, just be careful, Jay, because I remember I did that once, and I will not tell you the series of events that conspired to happen after I started drinking again
2: after five weeks off it. Um, well, it, it will not be as slurry as last week's pod I'm sure that will probably come, that, will, that
0: will probably come to disappoint a lot of our listeners. So, so just to see what we can do to remedy that, I've got Chief Slur uh, Neil Patterson out in Berlin. Chief, how are we?
3: Well, well, in fine fettle. What a yeah, what a, what a novelty and uh, a welcome one. So, yeah, looking forward to chat about, chatting about this. And uh, I
0: haven't needed to resort to drink tonight, so I'm in fine fettle. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it, even if a few other people might not be. Um, all right, see. so, look, um, we see the team sheet. Um, it's pretty much as expected. But when you actually realise what's going on, um, maybe f- for me, it was probably six, seven minutes into the game before I realised what was going on because the first seven minutes were as scrappy as I've seen a game of football um, in a long time um, with passes going astray and interceptions and ball ricocheting all over the place. And once it settled down a wee bit, we seemed to be doing some kind of three ish at the back with Robertson kind of playing. A mid, a left midfield role, and um, a, a kind of acts as a, a double pivot, as Klopp has called it previously, of of Jeannie and um, Jeannie and Thiago, and and Curtis with kind of a a free role to, to try and go and affect the the game high up the pitch. That was how I saw it, and I know probably um I'm wrong, but there might be a few other opinions. But I think first and foremost. It was really pleasing to see that we've taken a week and a bit and we've gone away and we've we've looked at where our witnesses are and we've come up with some sort of tactical solution to try and address a number of different issues that we're having at the minute, trying to protect the the very inexperienced um, and unfamiliar back to, um, giving us some long-range passing from, from the back with Trent um and just find a bit more bit more of a balance and you know we've looked as good as we've looked um certainly probably I'd say you know 15 to 45 I thought we were absolutely excellent and probably the first 15 minutes of the second half
3: yeah um I think the worry the worry was that we were perhaps going to see more of the same just given the Given the situation, given the the, the injuries, uh, given the the lineup we saw again, which was, um, you know, apart from apart from the change at the back, uh, the enforced change of, of Allison, of course, um, which was pretty much the same the same front six and the same lineup as as we saw in the most recent poor performance. So or disappointing performance. So I, th- I think there was a bit of a worry there. So it was very refreshing to see that there was a new approach and was a much more much more proactive approach. Um, Andy Robbo got loads of joy in the first half particularly. Um, Curtis Jones, as you mentioned, uh, was had the license to join and, and be that fourth attacker which i think Klopp um and and his his staff will have identified as being key in a game like this particularly uh, and, and certainly um desirable given that he, we probably didn't expect them to attack us too much and put too much pressure on us we were expecting to have a lot of the ball and you rightly say the first 678 minutes is are, is really scrappy. Um two teams short 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 on confidence there like um but once we um got through that period and and I think everyone settled down a little bit we began to to assert and and dictate the the play in the game and I think you're right certainly certainly from about 25 anyway to 60 we were um we were dominant in the game and I felt we should have been two or three up at half time and you know they go on in the second half and and, 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 and kind of make that that dominance count and even though Sheffield United come come back into it for a wee spell whenever they change their shape we adapt again and and go on again and get the second so and then we see it out comfortably so um yeah it was it was refreshing to see it was necessary. It was a more proactive approach, as I've said, and it created more chances, and we created a lot of chances to them. We could have had more goals in the end.
0: Yeah, Jay, it was... I think... I want to start with start with, with Curtis Jones, I think. Um, the system there, it's fairly solid, you know. Um, there's a really solid base to build from, but it's not often we see... Um, a player given kind of that freedom and that license in this Liverpool side. Um, and he really did pop up, and you know, right across the pitch, making late runs into the box. And you know, that's the sort of player that we, that sort of performance in that area of the pitch. That's the sort of player that we thought we were going to get. That's what we expected when when Jones first first broke through, and when we saw his, his cameos against Everton in the FA Cup and things like that. And he's had to adapt himself to, to a more disciplined role up until now. But that, for me, would have been... Looking at that role, you'd think Shakiri. You'll throw Shakiri in there. If you knew that that was what the position was going to entail before you actually saw the game, you'd think, well, Shakiri's going to be that guy. But I think... It, it owes a lot to Jones' performance and, and him working his way back into the team. The Klopp's sort of up to in a moment, well, do you know what? I'm going to rely on you to be the creative spark and behind the front three. I'm going to rely on you and give you the responsibility to go and try and solve some of the problems that we've been having and picking teams apart that are going to
2: sit back and defend deep and make it difficult for us. Yeah, I think it was the last time was on. can't remember which game it was because losses all become a blare. Um, maybe it was... Leicester, I can't remember. Um but I think I said it it was right and he was the player that we took off and it fell apart against Leicester and he was the player we took off against City. Alright we were probably on a hiding to nothing anyway, but it fell apart. And he's got that much ability, he can be anything he wants to be, and I think it's it's a credit to to him only as a player and probably the coaches that they've been able to get him to play such a disciplined role in our team and then look like we've actually he's been the big player that we've missed when he when he's not been on the field or um, right, like there's been a few few games where you know we've been pretty anonymous and I think the derby was possibly one of them games where it looked like the occasion was maybe a little bit too big for them and it sort of passed them by at the fact that he's a low than anyone else so he was Probably hyped himself up for the whole week for the derby and it just didn't really come off for him. But tonight, as you say, that that role was probably the role we first noticed him in in the under 18s or the 23s. And probably, I think the first time I noticed him with that Euro UEFA Youth League um, in the Champions League run a couple of years ago, where he looked like he was a man against boys, he was just taking the piss in that league. Um, scoring goals for fun, playing up front, playing from midfield, playing, breaking the lines like he was tonight. And maybe it's just the fact that we've got a couple more options back in midfield. I know we're going to probably get onto the formation a bit more, and it was a change in tactical shape tonight. But we've seen Cater and Milner come off the bench tonight, and I know we've lost Henderson. But Fabinho should be back for Chelsea. Arguably, he could go into midfield. That then gives us five realistic options if we can't keep fit the players that like like Cater, who've come back tonight like Milner and we don't overplay Milner and we do just play him when necessary and don't run him to the ground with five games in 10 days and obviously with Ginny he's ultimately robust and Thiago come off and got a bit of a rest tonight who I know it was bottom of the league but he just looked a little bit more settled and a slightly more central role where he was a little bit more off the play and he was allowed to get tired and dictated a bit more. Um obviously you've got to caveat that with they were shit. But you know, a game like that will do his confidence <laughs> and we need it. We need it. Like we were getting to Bobby's goal. We needed that look. We needed the luck when the ball looked out to play. But the the goal counted, we just need one of them games like tonight where, you know, someone else's luck is worse than yours. And it went our way tonight and hopefully it goes into the rest of the the week and I think it was Roy Keane was saying after the the match and you know, Roy Keane is a controversial figure for many a reason, but he was right in what he said that that win tonight, the lads will turn up for training tomorrow and there'll be smiles on their face and they'll wanna go and play on Thursday, especially after seeing that Chelsea drew with Man United that the carrots dangle there to get back above them, lose or draw tonight and you know, the heads are still down and they're thinking we've got to go and play Chelsea on Thursday. And even if we win, we won't get above them. You know, it's just that short shifting mentality where the ball's just round for us and the decisions have gone our way. So it was a big win, but bringing it back to Jones, then for me, he's pushed himself up from probably what would be the sixth or seventh choice midfielder, albeit with injuries and form and stuff. But he's arguably in there now. was like, our third or fourth best midfielder and as I say when, when he's not playing it's very noticeable because he is he's that different and he's that good that you know they were saying he was disappointed to come off tonight but it could just be a case of Klopp thinks well he's that important to me he's done his job after 70 minutes Keita needs some minutes and you know we're going to need Jones on Thursday so I'm going to give him a little bit of a rest he's only a young lad he's got to be managed and we're going to need him so I, I think the world is oyster and I'm not going to throw the big comparisons of club legends out there, but he's got the potential to be putting that record, in if things go as well and his career works out for him.
0: Yeah, it. Um, Andy, his performance is, is. I think almost as his, his goal gets lost in his performance. Um, it's such a it's such a composed finish. It's nonchalantly stroked into the into the far corner instead of being thrashed at um, Andy Robertson-esque. You know, um, he makes the second goal um, for Firmino, and I I thought between the two of them, they were probably the two best players in the pitch. I thought Firmino's performance was absolutely excellent. His link-up play, his way to pass. It was when Bobby doesn't play well, it, it, he's one of those players that. When he doesn't play well, he looks awful. But when he's on it, like he was on it tonight and everything was coming off for him, the couple of, well, the miss and the passed up shot aside, um, it just makes a world of difference, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think when Bobby when Bobby plays well, you just see the attack flow so much more swimmingly. It's it's a lot easier to watch. It's a lot more fluent, and you know we saw that in uh, at Crystal Palace with a seven nil at Spurs with a three uh, one at West. Well, I think he comes on at West Ham, but he, he comes on and does really well. and you think back to the last two or three months and they those games have been the main shining lights in, in what has been a dreadful period for Liverpool. Um when he misses that chance in the first half, or it kinda comes from a mistake from Sheffield United. I was just thinking Origi and Burnley, uh or maybe it was Brighton, I'm not sure. The one where Origi hits the bar after going clean through uh and that was worrying me. And uh, I mean apart from that, he was he, he was good tonight. He was he was back to the Firmino that we, we know. When it when it sticks with Firmino, um, you know, that can he can just open up so many opportunities, so many passing lanes for us, whether that's a Salah or Mane or whoever it may be, the fullbacks. Uh, and he was good tonight. And, and on Jones, um, I made a couple of notes just when the team news came in. And, you know, I don't think anyone was particularly um, overwhelmed or excited by the team news. But given the situation we're in, it's it was always kind of going to be that team, bar a Jota or a, a Fabinho coming back. And I, I just said to myself, I think that, you know, this all this entire game kind of depends on how Curtis Jones plays. We know what the front three do. We know they've been a bit stale this season and that Firmino has been at his best, for example. Um, and we know kind of what Thiago and Wijnaldum were going to offer us. Wijnaldum always offers us the same thing and and Thiago hasn't really been at his best. So I was sort of looking at that and just thinking, Curtis Jones has to provide the impetus for us here. He has to be the one who drives forward and, and makes things happen. And, and right from the start, he did that. And uh, this season, really, I think... As, uh, as Jay and Chief kind of allude to there, the, the fact he was in the under-23s in the last two or three years, he was that guy that just kind of took it through a couple of men and, and pinged it into the top corner uh, and was able to do that and was able to play with that freedom. And then I think he went a bit too far the other way at times this season um, and and was a bit too conservative. and. Uh, Kind of second guess himself a bit too much, whereas now he's just finding that perfect balance, and he's turning into like a really, really solid attacking midfielder for us. Uh, and 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 I thought he was fantastic tonight, and he's absolutely put himself uh, above the likes of certainly the likes of Chamberlain, and and even for now I'd say Nabi Keda as good as Nabi Keda was when he came on tonight. I think the performances Jones has put in, in the last couple of months, um, I think it was Jamie at the point is the, kind of the when games have turned uh, very often it's coincided with Curtis Jones being taken off uh, and he's just playing. I mean, the guys, is he 19 or 20? He's playing so far above his age. He's, he's qualified us for a champions league knockout stages. He's come up with important goals. The goal tonight's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited because he, somebody like him stepping up as he has done in the last month. And as I'm sure he'll continue to do, uh, that could be the difference this season between us getting top four, getting a run in the European cup. And, uh, Ultimately, remembering this season fondly in years to come.
0: Yeah, uh, again, chief, we've we've been we've been here before, you know. We've seen an opportunity for a corner to be turned, and we've passed it up, you know. After after the West Ham Spurs victories, um, and then we just fall off a cliff. We go away to Leipzig and we think, okay, that w- we look much better, we look so good, and we come back, and again, it's it's dreadful. It's two dreadful, dreadful performances, and again, again we'll caveat it with the, the opposition tonight, but um, we just looked a little bit more ourselves, and I don't want to get on to Chelsea just yet, but... Do you potentially now start to see a chink of light at the end of the tunnel, given that for the first time in a long time there seems to be something tactical and innovative that's been worked on that might just give us an edge where we're not so predictable because there's three years' worth of fucking tactical analysis to look at? Um, We've got a bit of protection for the centre-halves, and maybe that little bit of... A little bit of luck we've got tonight will help give us a little bit more belief. And then you've got the added bonus of Kaida's cameo. You've got Fabinho coming back. Jota's only days away, um, which gives us another option to try and be a little bit more unpredictable and and sharp at the top end of the pits. Is this legitimate? What I'm trying to ask you is, is there more substance now to the belief that we can kick on from here than maybe there was in the past yeah, I'd say
3: so I mean you've got players coming back, as you say, but they're big players. I mean, if Fabinho is back and fit and ready, like and won't have to go out again, then that's massive. <clears throat> um, obviously we've we've got a centre back partnership in there that's kept a clean sheet tonight and admittedly against the league's worst attack and probably the league's worst attack in decades, but um but still, if if they have kept a clean sheet we, with a bit of luck after the bereavement, um, and of course all condolences, as always, uh, in, in a terrible situation like that, but with a bit of luck, Ali will be back in goal on Thursday night as well. Um, Jada being back and apparently would have been would have been would have featured tonight in in some way had he not gone down uh, taken ill last night apparently um this is obviously we're recording right after after the game's finished so he took ill the night before the game um otherwise he would have been in contention so he's going to be back and the others have mentioned as well Naby is huge uh if he's if he's available for selection in the in, in the starting lineup which he will be because he yeah well touch wood, nothing happens to him between now and Thursday, but he was obviously, he had some minutes tonight and looked sharp as, as has been It mentioned. goes
0: unnoticed, the difference that he can make, take I think.
3: He makes a massive difference, he's a class, class player and he's brought it to our attention that a couple of times that the, the few matches that he has actually started for us this season barring, bar I think, the Villa game, which was an anomaly uh, even in a poor season for us um, we have well, if it's his 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 presence on the pitch has coincided with some of our best performances and results, uh, both in in the league and in Europe. So, he is a top quality player, and you know, when we bought him, Klopp said he's got the second best midfielder in Europe after Thiago. Now he's got Thiago as well, and between well, the pair of them haven't been fit together for the whole season. So with a bit of luck, now the pair of them will stay fit for the rest of the season, and we've got we've got now two absolute top quality midfielders in there. James Miller coming back is also a big a big boon for us. You know, not just the the kind of gritty qualities and the the cliched sort of qualities that he brings, but also just his presence in the changing rooms on match day. You know the the Responsibility that he takes as well on the pitch, the option there just to have another midfielder. So, yes, do you think the corner is turned? Not necessarily, but is there reason to believe that we can we can beat Chelsea at home on Thursday? Absolutely, there is. I mean, you saw that. I, I'm sure Andy watched the game today. I don't know if Jay did. You and I didn't, Dave, because we knew it was going to be turgid nonsense, and <laughs> Chelsea are are no great shakes. So without getting, you know, they're a good team, but they're not certainly not the finished article yet. So without getting too much into that one, I would say the corner has to be turned. I think defeat at home in the Derby has to be rock bottom for this Liverpool side. Um, and I think they all know they've, they've got a job on to get in the top four and that has to be achieved. So yeah, with a bit of luck, the corner is turned. It's not going to be plain sailing, but all you need to do is is not get beat, you know. Even if you have, even if you have to take a nil nil against Chelsea, like like that game today. Even if it's a turd's affair again, fine, take it. Just don't get beat. And if we go from now to the end of the season unbeaten, I'm pretty positive we'll finish top four.
0: Yeah, it's there are there there are reasons to be positive, and maybe more so than than there was beforehand um, when results occasionally went our way but there's still the elephant in the room which is the centre half issue and you know I think what, what we probably played our, our 12th choice and 15th choice centre half tonight um, but realistically they did okay um, they kept a the clean sheet but there's I, for me, there's a huge naivety between the two of them. Um, obviously, that's not a relationship that has been built up yet. Um, and I know you, there there's a conversation earlier on, which we'll get into now, about sense of responsibility and accountability in that position, probably general awareness of your position and those positions of the opposition and your teammates around you. And the two of them, Didn't seem to be particularly switched on in that regard tonight, maybe more so Kabak. And they they also do not have that distribution, you know, not from what I've seen, um, which is probably one of the reasons why Trent played a little bit deeper. But we're going to have to make a decision one way or another because... I think dropping one in and dropping one out, I don't think is. I don't think can, we can't go on like that. We've done it in the past and it hasn't worked. There's, there needs to start to be continuity in that position.
1: Yeah, I've just had a look on Twitter there. Um, and it's kind of a mixed bag uh, in terms of opinions on Nat Phillips tonight. Uh, I think it's Phil Blundell from the Anthony Rap kind of said something about Oh, based on the last 20 minutes there, Timo Werner is going to have a field day on on Thursday night. And there's been quite a lot of people kind of dissenting to that in the comments. And I'm more on their side, to be honest, because I actually thought Phillips was excellent. And uh, maybe I have to watch the game back. But I just think over the last month or so, and I mean, I remember at Christmas kind of uh, arguing with, well, having a debate with you guys in the chat about uh, about whether it should be Phillips or Reese Williams who should take the mantle. Uh, as that kind of fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever choice centre half, and I was very much arguing for Reese Williams, but I think in the last month um, Phillips is, has been has been fairly solid for us. I actually think his his distribution has massively improved. Um, I thought his distribution was good today. I think it has been in. Uh, where, what, what was the game he played? Was it? It's
0: massively improved to good. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it's, it's now distinctly average. Yeah, exactly. But that's uh, I, I just think, yeah, that that side of his game has come on. Maybe it's it's just a case of he hasn't been pressed as much or he's just had a couple of good games with, rather than that actually being his level now. But no, I, I thought he was really good tonight. I thought he, he won his headers um, for the vast majority of the game. and um, There was a... an occasion early on where he kind of was a bit too over-eager and I think sometimes he thinks because you know he's not a Liverpool centre-half at the end of the day he is a bread-and-butter League One championship-level centre-half and he thinks if there's a ball in the air he thinks well I better win this because I'm not going to be able to do anything else Uh, but once he kind of was a bit more mature about that and the odd time he let whether it was McBurney or McGoldrick have the win the header and just thought about the second ball I thought things worked a lot better for him and Quebec on the other hand I know he's 20 years old, and I know, you know, ideally, he shouldn't be brought in in this situation. He should be a fourth, fifth choice, centre half. But uh, I'm, I am am a little bit worried about him. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's just a, a bit of a settling in teething period for him. Um, but a bit too much for me. There, there, he's been a bit erratic. He's, he's been making a lot of mistakes. And this whole thing about, I mean, every game he plays, the striker seems to run off him and get in behind four or five times. And I was saying to each other, I know uh, Jay and a couple of others think that's a, a communication issue, but I think at that level, you know, when, when you're marking somebody, um, if your body position or your position on the pitch isn't in the right place, um, then that's kind of quick sprint, the quick burst from the striker standing still to running in behind you. I, I don't think a shout's going to save you at that point. So, that's something he certainly needs to improve on. Um, And that's something he would have faced quite a lot in Germany where it's, uh, where it's more kind of played along the ground. It's less physical and it's more counter-attacking. So I'm not sure that's exactly a shock to the system of coming to play English football. Um, At the same time, you know, when we're, I know we're going to talk about Thursday night uh, and Chelsea and potentially with Fabinho being back. uh, And there's a question there as to whether you do play Phillips or Quebec and to be honest, if, if he went for Nat Phillips and we just saw the rest of the season, that's a, a purely pragmatic slog, I think was the, the term I used in the pre-pod. But if it's going to be that, then I, I'm kind of fine with it at this point because we just need to be looking at the Champions League and that, that extra $150 million that's going to come in, whether it be it broadcasting rights, whether it be it prize money, um, all of these things. That we need the cash. We need this revenue, especially in these times. And I think we just need to look at that and think right now, to be honest, I don't really care if we ruin a player's career or ruin a player's confidence. If they don't have the stomach to come back from being dropped or um, make a couple of mistakes and, and have the character to come back for it. Realistically, they're not going to be a Liverpool standard player anyway. So I'm absolutely fine with Phillips coming in now and playing alongside Fabinho and just using Quebec as the kind of Ben Davies for a bit. Um And yeah, uh, but yeah, that's all I really have to say in Quebec. I don't want to call him too much. I feel like I've been quite harsh there, but I feel like we're naive to ignore that just because of the result, to, to ignore the the clear cracks and the, the loopholes that are appearing in, in Quebec's game for us at the minute.
2: I'm licking my yeah, lips okay. like for Naldini, yeah.
0: I think, Jader, yeah, there's a worry for me as well, and I think that when Ollie McBurney is spinning in behind you, you know, there's there's got to be there's got to be alarm bells ringing, and when he's doing it four or five times during a game inside that channel, um, it it concerns you when someone who is actually like competent footballer starts to do it to your centre half. Now I find this conversation about what we're going to see for the rest of the season difficult because on paper and given what we have been told and Bear in mind, I've seen nothing of the lad. But from what I've been told about Davies, is stylistically, he is the guy that you probably want to play beside Fabinho. He's decent on the deck. He's got a good long-range um, long passing. Um, his distribution is better than good from what I understand. Um, and he's maybe not the best in the air, but the way we play... You know, you're not defending high balls when you're when you're trying to defend in the halfway line. So I don't know, I don't know where you stand on this, but th- this is like I said, I feel that there's there's got to be it's there's got to be a a solid decision made here, fitness alone.
2: Yeah, well, I'll start on, on Davis first of all, like he strikes you as like your oldie version of Van Dyke, minus the aerial ability. Because that's, from all reports that have come out about him, he's, he's stylistically what Van Dyke gives you. The ability on the ball, the passing range, the reading of the game. And obviously, he's been around a lot more than the two lads who we had in tonight. So, you'd expect him to be a lot more experienced and, and better off. But, fitness permitting, he's not been available. I, I thought... He could have been dropped in maybe a, a bit sooner, but if he's not being fully fit, then so be it. Um, hopefully, he's back on the bench maybe for Chelsea and arguably Fulham is a game that you can drop him in for next weekend. Um, but again, that that is then another new partnership. Um, but getting into the, the Phillips-Kabak debate, I'll start with the Phillips thing first. <laughs> In a way, I can see the point of the, the tweet who was put out by whoever it was, um, saying that Phillips against Werner will be, tri- will be a field day for Werner. Well, Werner's not really done anything, and Fabinho is likely to come in, and probably for Phillips anyway, for that reason that he completely shut him down at the beginning of the season when we played them. And he's just a bit more savvy in street streetwise. Phillips has got his qualities but he's also got his deficiencies and his, his main deficiency is pace and turning ability so if he does play then Chelsea are just going to target that and I don't think Klopp's going to put a massive bullseye on Phillips and just say that's who you want to play against Tommy because that's what Tommy Tuchel will do he, he will just target him so I don't think he's going to put the lad in, on himself in that situation so if Fabinho was fit and ready then Fabinho will be in and it will be for Phillips and that, again, is because of Kabak has got recovery pace. Phillips hasn't. You've seen it a couple of times tonight where Kabak got caught ball watching and his recovery pace bailed him out. Alright, there's the old saying that you shouldn't have to make a tackle if you're in the right position, as Maldini once said, but at least he's there to make the tackle. Juan Bissaka has made a living off it. Ramos has made a living off it forever. You know, the position, the awful. but they get in and make the tackle? And all of a sudden they're seeing it as a great defender. Now, I'm not putting Kabak in that same category as Ramos and other great defenders who use recovery tackles, but he's 20 years of age. It's his fourth game, fifth game for Liverpool, his second defensive partner, his second goalkeeper, and his second position because he started off on the right-hand side and Henderson was playing left because Kabach was brought in as a right-footer, right-side central defender. Tonight and the game previously, he's played on the left-hand side when Phillips come on to replace Henderson in the derby, because Phillips is a right-side defender and he's the lesser-quality player, so Klopp is compensating by saying, OK, you are nuts and bolts, you play right-side, Kabach, unfortunately, mate, you've got to go over to the left side. Now, that then brings me on to the topic of players running off him, and I think it was three times tonight, Matt Burney and McGoldrick once ran in behind him from Phillips behind Kabach and got in. And I think on all occasions, bar one, Kabak got in and made a tackle and won the ball back. So Andy was saying about, you know, he's letting players run off and we shouldn't be allowed that. Then to me, that brings on to the point of there's no communication potentially from Phillips because he's a, a lesser defender. He's not a leader. He's probably not feel like he's got the right to be calling the shots, even though one of them should be. Adrian is not the same goalie as Alisson. So he's probably not getting the same leadership qualities and shouts from Adrian because we've all seen that Adrian does not leave for six yard box unless he really, really has to. Um, that was for me the issue on the own goal that was ruled out that Kabak had done the job and stepped up and played McGoltak offside. Then got back in with his recovery pace and then the ball come off his foot because Adrian had not come out. Allison as we've seen against Leicester and against Everton he comes out and he takes it all. Um so we, you know, he's adjusting to all these things, and of course he's playing on the other side. So he's naturally expecting players to only really run across his line if they're coming from out to win, which would be Trent's side. But they're coming from Trent and Phillips across them, across two players. And if he's not getting the shout and again we were saying in the chat, Andy saying that it's it's a shout, like and a split second can he be out? These are professional players that played top money. They've played the game for years. They play inside out. They're training every day to do this, and it could just be something as a simple command. At I left, right, and they'll know it's left or right shoulder to turn and expect that player to come. And and you're asking a lot of a 20 year old who's come from Germany, who's playing in a club that's been ravished to come in and play for the club that's top the league, competing in Champions League, competing to get in the top four. I just think we need to cut him some slack. I know he's not great, but there's people calling for Lovren to come back. He's no worse than Lovren on this first showing, and he's 20 years of age. Lovren was 30 and still making these mistakes, so people just need to get off his back. I think he is going to make mistakes, but we can only deal with the cards we're dealt. For me, if he's put next to Fabinho, he'll look a better player because he'll have a more defensive-minded experienced player with him maybe put next to Bandai he'll have someone who'll talk him through the game and educate him so I just don't see the, the slamming he's getting I know he's he's making a few mistakes but he's 20 years of age for God's sake Yeah
0: I think it, it's all it's all fair Jay you know it absolutely is and it, it's a handful of games Chief Um, you know it's an awful situation to be thrown into and I think ideally, as has been said he's not getting games now even if he has signed Um, you know, we've seen Fabinho come in and get a couple of games and get dropped out again for months Robertson the same until he get up to speed and get the grips of things the problem at this moment in time with the situation that we're in is um, we can't really afford the luxury of dropping someone out because up until you know, we've talked about players coming back, yes, but we're only two injuries away from being back in the situation that we were in before, you know? And we don't have the luxury of dropping people out and waiting until they're ready and then, you know, phasing them in. We've got to we've got to suffer this. Um, in the meantime, with players, getting the grips with new leagues, getting the grips with and I understand what Jay's saying about the communication, but that comes with knowing your teammates, playing together week in, week out, creating a partnership and an understanding and particularly it's under half, I think 18 18 different partnerships it's not possible, so you know, I don't know what the best option is, because we've suggested maybe Davis, he hasn't God even knows how many training sessions he's had, but he hasn't kicked the ball for us yet
3: no, I, personally I think it'll be Quebec and I think it should be Quebec. I think that's that's the situation that we're in. Um, it'll be Quebec and Fabinho now when Fabinho comes back in. I think um, Nat Phillips has done what he's been asked to do and he's, 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 he's defended manfully, I would say. Um, he's done absolutely everything that can be expected of him and there's no slight on him at all. He's just nowhere near good enough um and he's you know Quebec is is just a far better defender than him um it is a new league form and all the rest of it but i think Jay's probably spot on it'll be a communication issue this is a player that we were linked with even before covid existed so we're not going to be interested and we're not going to follow followed him up for a year and a half or whatever it is, um, and made the move on him, even if it is only on a temporary basis so far because of the situation. If 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 he didn't have the quality, uh, he might not be, he might not prove to be good enough in the long run, someone that we, we're going to nail on and keep. We might send him back, but he's the one that, that, that will start when fit, Every game at centre back, probably for the rest of the season, and and so he should. One, because we're looking at him. Two, because he's the one, he's certainly one that we wanted. And three, because it's not a contest between him and Phillips. Phillips has had to do a job where he's had to, and he's, as I said, he's done well, but it's been very much a situation of make, you know, you are a number, you are a body. I mean, it's uh, no harm to the lad. I think. I it's utmost respect to him because I would be absolutely shitting myself if I was him every game because he obviously knows that he's nowhere near that standard and he never expected to be playing for Liverpool again. Never mind be starting games in the Premier League. No, race.
0: realistically, we chief, we shouldn't even know who he is. Exactly. You know, so that is the reality, and I think and, the, I think the point is as well, just on what you're saying is that if. And I, I agree with you. And I think he has played well. And, you know, on form and based on the showing of, if, if I didn't know anything about the situation and you pointed tonight to say, which one do you think should start the next game? Because only one of them can. I'd probably say Phillips. But if we have any sort of faith in Phillips to be able to take up that level of responsibility with regards to first team commitments, we don't go out and sign two centre-halves. One from no, the exactly. championship. And it's, one from the bottom of the Bundesliga.
3: Exactly right. Exactly right. And the one from the Bundesliga is, you know, he's the young one. He's the prospect. He's the one we've been linked with. He's the one that even a a, a relegated Bundesliga club, as well a certain a Bundesliga club that's certain for relegation, still wanted thirty million for um about six weeks ago. So he is a player. Whether, whether he's good enough for us in the long run, I don't know. But he will start and he should start. And like I said, I'd be erring more on on Jay's um, side here in, of, of the debate, shall we say, in, in, in terms of certainly not thinking about judging him yet. And the only way you can judge him is to let him play a, a bank of games. And certainly there isn't a better option. Phillips isn't a better option. He's He might not be a worse one, but he's not a better one at this point. So I think you just have to bite the bullet and do it. And if you get a Quebec Fabinho partnership going for the for the last thirteen games in the league, then or twelve games, then so be it. You probably you probably keep a few more clean sheets than we have been. I just think if it, it, you know, it is what it is. We were crying out for centre backs. We bought two, uh, or we've got two in, and this is the one really. I mean, Davis is. Uh, Again, seems like an emergency signing. Seems like a signing we've made because we could get him on a at a really good deal, and because we were desperate for centre backs. Quebec seems to be the one that you'd be more like more interested in keeping long term. So he will start, and and it is what it is. I I'm not that worried. Um, if he does have a, if he if he does end up being another lover, and then we send him back at the end of the season, and it is what it is, but. There's no point in having them here and then not testing them.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, and it, it, it'll be interesting to see what the manager does because, let's be honest, it could, could be anybody playing centre half. We just don't know. So we looked at Chelsea, Andy. It's we we shouldn't be we shouldn't be thinking about this game for the reasons that we're thinking about it, we shouldn't be worrying about, like, one of the lads in the group put West Ham's next three games up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, shouldn't, uh, <laughs> this, this, this shouldn't be any of our fucking business, but it is. And, like I said earlier on, tonight we've we've gained points on all of the guys operating the positions that we need to be looking to. Um, And Thursday night against Chelsea is an opportunity an opportunity to do that again now I take Steve's point that if you take 0 nil, and probably would take 0 yeah. and they what Tuchel has done when from, from, from his command on Lampard's left is that he's made them really really difficult to break down they're very very solid at the back for a team that was shipping goals left right and centre um They maybe don't have the number of goals in them that they did before, but they've got so many options and they've got so much quality. And and when it comes to a comparison in squad availability, there is no contest, really. So this is going to be a real test for us on, on Thursday and could shape the rest of the season. So how much... How similar do you see things being on Thursday from what started tonight? Do you see a of starting? Do you see a Naby kind of?
1: Well, I watched Chelsea today um, against Man United and it was an interesting enough game tactically. I feel like Tuchel's like the perfect manager for proper tactical nerds to like sit and analyse and he's uh, he's a real kind of, kind of hipster's man, isn't he? Um, it was interesting because he plays Giroud Upfront after the goal in Atletico Madrid in midweek, and and Manchester United basically just were able to make it so compact. They knew nobody was getting in behind them. They knew there wasn't the pace of uh, of Werner. I think Hudson Odoi was playing right wing back, so he wasn't exactly making dart runs in behind. Uh, and Harry Maguire and Lindelof were just able to kind of come up and uh, and confront them really because they knew kind of if we miss a tackle here, we've got time to get back in. And um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does up front, whether he does go back to Werner. Uh, or where these things?
0: Realistically, he could he could do Werner on Pulisic. Yeah, yeah. And just say, uh, just get in behind
1: them. Yeah, no, hundred percent he could. Uh, Pulisic go on the on the right or Pulisic go on the left and uh, and Werner down the middle potentially with a Hudson Odoi. I know Hudson Odoi came off injured at half-time today, but it's it's just a case of whether, as you say, if Fabinho or if Fabinho and Quebec do play, then. Uh, you know, we do have that pacing behind as Jay says Sabino Dave with Werner expertly in the in the second game of the season. Um and and it, it's just interesting because I remember to kind of draw the analogy back to a game we played in Klopp's first season when we were going really well. and uh, we were going for the top four. Um Manchester United were were really hitting a bumpy a bumpy patch on the road. Um, and they came to 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 Anfield, and I think we could have gone above them if we had won and into the top four. And they kind of just came and, uh, and I think they beat us one 0 with a Rooney strike, and, and tactically outdid us. They didn't really get any, um, didn't really let us have any chances. It was it was a, a bit of a Van Hal masterclass that day, and I think that was just a case of you know we'd had the honeymoon period of four or five months for Klopp, and uh, eventually we tailed off and and ended up miles off the top four. And I wouldn't be surprised if something similar happens with Chelsea. I think they're they're looking decent, and um, you know he's utilising certain players, not the likes of Havertz and Werner, who we all thought were going to be fantastic this season. But he's getting the best out of Mount and Ziek and Hudson Odoi and Hudson-Odoi, uh, players like that. But I think you know I'd be surprised if they keep going at the at the rate they're going at right now. You know they really are riding the crest of a wave, whether it be at the the result in Madrid, which was incredible, it absolutely shocked me, and uh, the performances they're putting in, in the Premier League. I just think you know. It's it's a it's a it's a clash of a new style, uh, a guy trying to imp- implement a new way of playing against a team who, albeit are well out of form, and um, you know possibly tonight could be uh, the turning point for us, but we don't know. We've we've had false dawns before in the last couple of months, but against a team who have been together for pretty much five years and you know there's there's that Manchester United game there's a game under early uh, early under Brendan Rodgers where Arsene Wenger comes and schools us 2-0 even though we are looking quite good at the time and i can just see something like that playing out to be honest i agree with chief in the sense that i take 0-0 but i also think if the game's there for the taking that we should go for it um because i think it's a perfect opportunity and after fulham i think we've three or four pretty tough games we play villa, Leeds away i think we go to Arsenal in that period as well so, you know, if there's an opportunity to get three points on the board, I think we should absolutely go for it. And that kind of goes without saying. But on the general wider point of taking, taking a draw on games, like I think we should have done at Leicester, um, I just think it's about getting out of this mentality of having to win every single match, having to be consistently and perpetually getting three points. We're not in a title race with Man City anymore. We don't need to win every single game. All these teams going for the top four, whether it's West Ham, Chelsea, Everton, Villa, um Spurs Arsenal Man United, these are all gonna drop points these are all going to to screw things up because <laughs> because there's basically eight teams going for it so they're all going to play each other at some point so of course they're gonna drop points uh, and the general point of uh of, of top four you know they always all those teams always drop points going for the top four you don't need to go anywhere near at the same rate now what I would say just to finish up the point in that is you know you look at us right now and, and the number of points we have, um, and you have to remember that we were very good at the start of the season. We were consistently picking up points, even for a month or two after Van Dyke was out. You know, we were getting those results at home, the Leicester and Wolves, and picking up the odd point away, but mainly just winning. And, I mean, the last two months is has kind of evened that out to a certain points rate or a points total. Um, and, you know, not only do we need to improve on the last couple of months, but we need to improve drastically, even just to get to the the rate of points that will take us into the top four so i think if you offered us seven points from sheffield united chelsea and fulham uh, we'd all have taken it so you know would i take a point on thursday night if it meant guaranteed getting points against fulham and picking up the requisite points in the next three uh, then absolutely i would um but i can see it being a cagey tactical battle uh, and i can ultimately see this one uh, being a game of which Klopp has had his eye on for a while uh, and could potentially give the new boy in town a bit of a lesson.
0: Yeah, see, it's it is going to be tactically very interesting because the way Tuchel has been setting them up with with three at the back, it's not dissimilar to the way Sheffield United play. It's you know, it's it's not as far removed as as you might think. Um, with you know, with the focal point, be it Jiru Abraham. Um, and a bit of creativity often now, obviously we're talking, you know, levels and levels and levels of quality above, but structurally and tactically, do you see us doing, like, do you see us sticking with this kind of departure from the standard four three three that we've seen tonight? Was that specifically for Sheffield United or um, do we continue doing what seemed to give us a great deal of success against against
2: tonight's opposition. I personally go with what we did tonight. Um as you say the the line up with three at the back and of those three it's been Rudiger Christiansen and Aspelaquetta. Now none of them are great. Aspilicueta was but he's not anymore and you can get them on the turn but and there's not the pace in Aspelaquetta in is Chris Hitchens slower than Phillips I think yeah there's no, there's no pace in heaven Rudiger is a bit like Kabak in terms of he'll give you the chance but he's got a good recovery pace um, and I think tonight I think we spoke before the pod Mane is trying but nothing's coming off for him Bobby was probably better tonight than he has been in five six weeks um, and I think clocks after after the game doesn't matter that if the the stats people don't want to give him that goal. We're giving him that goal because he's earned it. And you could just see he had the confidence to take the ball on and sell four to five defenders. And, you know, the, the shot it, itself was scuffed and probably was going wide. But, you know, he's, he's, he's trying. Mane's trying. Salah sometimes doesn't look like he's trying, but Salah's got that quality and predatory instinct just to finish. So, you know, they're still knocking on the door, and I think it it will come for them. And then you can't see Jones out after what he's done tonight. Ginny and Thiago looked much more settled tonight, albeit as I said earlier on, they are awful. Um, and he took Thiago off, so you'd imagine he's just you know protecting them a little bit. Um, Fabinho hopefully comes in at the back. Hopefully Jota, by all accounts, is fit to go on the bench. You know. I don't see why we couldn't get a result. If you ask me now, would I take a draw? Yeah, I'd shake and take a draw. But I think we need to turn the corner and this big thing will be all the narrative through the week of, you know, Liverpool have lost the last four at home and all this bullshit. But I don't think Tuchel and Chelsea have got the mindset to come and sit in like that. I think he's he's too much of an egotistical maniac to to come and sit and and be too conservative. I think, I think he's going to want to try and prove the point the fact that you know he's always been compared to to Klopp and he's never quite achieved what Klopp's achieved with his career because you know he's always followed him round in terms of like at Dortmund, then he went to PSG to try and win the Champions League and didn't do that, but Klopp had won it with Liverpool. So I think you know his ego and his waistcoat will get the better of him, or his, his body warmer as it is. So he'll come out and he'll probably want to have a go at us. So. They're the games that we kind of tend to turn up better than, and, you know, all being well. I've just seen signs tonight. Like Alisson thanking Curtis Jones for his tribute to him after the match and dedicating his goal to him and Adrian's put a few social media messages out saying that clean sheet and performance was for him and Alisson's responded, so he is aware of, you know, <laughs> the love for him and you know, you, you, the lad needs as long as he needs, but in all due respect, in back between the sticks on Thursday night will, will settle a lot of fans and a lot of players' nerves because Adrian just just fills me with, with critters all the time because he just never fills you with any confidence. He, he looks nailed to that six-yard box and if Alisson's in there with Fabinho, I think he'll be more satisfied with what you see from Kabak and I think just Robertson and Trent might be able to play a bit more free flow. I know Trent was brilliant tonight, but it was a lot more reserved. I think, you know, they were compensating for the fact of what well, Trent was compensating for the fact that he had a, a young partnership and a, a backup goalie in there. So, you know, the, the signs are there, the signs are positive and I don't see why we can't get a result on Thursday. Yeah, i I'd, I'd take a draw, but I'm hoping we get a 1-2-0 victory. All right. Yeah, I
0: think we're all hoping that. Just a, to... Just a, qu- a quick word um, chief on on Tuchel from from his time at Dortmund. I know you, you'll have seen a bit more than, than some of us. Um, he does have a reputation of falling out with people and um, he doesn't seem to be the easiest guy to get on with. Um, do you see in that way do you see his do you see his mindset and ego affecting his approach to the game? I think you'll, I mean, I think you'll,
3: um, I think I put in the chat not so long ago, I think you'll want to have a go. I don't think you'll want to, you want to play football in the right way. Um, he's come up against us the Dortmund manager. Obviously, we beat them in that epic game where Lovren and Sacco scored the the, the, the goals. Um, yeah, but, but they were absolutely brilliant that night. They were, but, but they still lost. That's right. Um, and they lost from a position where they really shouldn't have. Um, so there is that over him. I mean, I think there is a little bit of that. He was, he is. Well, now you've got Nagelsmann as well, sort of on the scene. But certainly before before him, Tuchel was definitely the next club. You know, the next hugely talented young manager to come out of Germany and to come out of Mainz. And to follow that path and go to Dortmund, and yeah, he does. He does fall out with people, but he tends to fall out with um, directors and and uh, people above him. He tends to get on very well with his players, and he tends to get them playing for him. And he's he's already seems to have, have got that uh, buy in, shall we say, for one of a better phrase at at, at Chelsea. Um, they seem to be playing very much for him. Um, and playing as a team, which isn't isn't like Chelsea, in any incarnation really. Um, so, the long run, I think they'll be they'll be good. I think it's a it's, it's a good appointment for them. I just think that there is a little bit of the, you know, the, the 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 master apprentice kind of thing going on there. A little bit of the, um. The understudy almost. And I just think Klopp is a better manager, is a bigger personality and has a better team at his disposal. And therefore, we'll, we'll hopefully run out uh, narrow winners. I'd, yeah, I think it'll be a good game, to be honest. I think both both managers will want to beat each other. Tuchel, obviously, it's his first. Uh, I mean, this is the game he's been waiting for more than any other game. As a manager coming to as a German manager coming to England now to manage Chelsea, this is the one that he wants. Maybe not this season, but you know this is the game he's come to play. So this one and and, and the one against City. So um, yeah, it should be a, a good game. But Chelsea, as has been mentioned, they're not free scoring. Um, Werner's not in in confident mood in front of goal. Tammy Abraham didn't make the eighteen today. Um, they're still relying on Giroud a little bit too much uh, in my opinion for a player of his age and, and given the, the striking talent that they've got um, and they're still not anywhere near as good as they probably will be under, under Tuchel at some point um, so plus their record on Anfield isn't great so yeah I mean um, i I think we. I think it probably will affect his approach because I think it was uh, in another game. I think he would potentially be and could could be more pragmatic and and more defensive. I think this game will sort of take on a a life of its own, given what's at stake and and the position of the two clubs and the two managers and their history and so on and so forth. So, looking forward to it. Um. Speak to me again afterwards, and I'll tell you if I enjoyed it or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. Um, Andy, pick me a team. What changes do you see from tonight, if any?
1: Um, I would uh, obviously take Kabak out personally, but uh, I don't think he necessarily will. Um, If Joel is available, I'd probably just use him off the bench for this one. I wouldn't necessarily... Um, throw it to a kind of four-two-four or some variation thereof just yet. I don't think there's any real need for that after the Sheffield United game. I think give these guys tonight at least kind of 45 minutes, certainly the front players anyway, give them 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, and if we need to bring Jota on or Keita on, um, then that's something we can look to do. Uh, I would, depending on how Ben Davies is, I'd, I'd put him in actually at this point. Um, I think you're looking at a player there who... Well, you're looking at two players who basically were playing at the same level. And um, the Bundesliga, probably the lower end of it, probably isn't as as strong as the the lower end of the Premier League. Chief may be better place to to comment on that than I am, but that's just the impression I have of it. Um, and I've got a I've got a mate, uh, and there's only one person's opinion, who is a big Stoke City supporter, follows the Championship week in week out, and says Ben Davies is best player, uh, our best centre half in the Championship so far this season. So. I don't really see why we necessarily have to stick through Quebec through all of this. He's had four or five fairly ropey games so far and um, not only playing with Nat Phillips, but also playing with Henderson, who's very vocal. I get that he's not a center half, but neither's is Fabinho. So that's the Quebec you're going to get for the rest of the season, as far as I can see. And um, so I'm throwing, I'm throwing Ben Davies or, or keeping Nat Phillips in at this point. Um, you know, Fabinho can talk Phillips through it. Fabinho can account for the, the lack of pace as well. And in any case, Werner's no great shakes. Um, so apart from that and the goalkeeper if Allison's back uh, that's all I'd do and if you're asking me for a prediction which he didn't but I'll give you one anyway uh, I think it will end 1-0 to Liverpool I think we're going to get to 70 we're going to see an opportunity um, and I think Jota's going to score off the bench
0: It's very specific and I'll absolutely take it Jay do you, any, do you see any changes in the lineup from tonight's you know say for Fabinho coming in and
2: Allison and coming in potentially? No, I just don't. Um, it, to obviously, it's personal issues. Depending if Allison's back or not. If he decides he wants to play, then so be it. If not, then you know y- you can't you can't force a lot. Um, I think he might. I think it might have just been taking a few days and let let the whole thing sort of blow over. And I think if he would have been play tonight I think the pressure publicly from the media would have been on him. Um for the wrong reasons obviously. So I think it was it was it was smart that he didn't play um on his own part on the clubs. Um, but yeah, he comes back in Fabinho for Phillips for, for me. Um go with the rest and hopefully we see Josser on the bench. Um, hopefully Casey gets on and gets another half hour or so. Um and then we've got Fulham afterwards. So, you know, that that's the game where potentially you could see Jotter and Keita get a start. And there's an argument there to give some lads a bit of a breather because then you play Leipzig midweek afterwards. And, and I know you mentioned before, we shouldn't be looking at West Ham's fixtures, but we play twice again now before West Ham play. So there's six points on offer there. And I know we shouldn't be looking and comparing ourselves to them but there's a potential that we can put six points on the table and you know jump them and put ourselves a little bit of a buffer above them um, because they play a week on Monday so obviously we play Sunday first or uh, Thursday Sunday Um, you know the, they're all little mind games that you've got to play and we're getting into the, the crunch end of the season and you, we are looking at the wrong team's fixtures in terms of you know what, who are West Ham playing and who are Everton potentially playing in their fixtures but You know, I think personally if we put a run together of five or six victories, that'll open up a gap and I don't see no reason why we don't finish second this year because the rest of this league is shit and we've just had the worst handouts of us in injuries. We get our stuff together and get these few lads back, we should easily be wrapping up second.
0: All right then. So let's hope this optimism brings brings itself uh, into Thursday's part and Until Thursday, up the uh, argument between two ships and their half rates.